Hello, everybody. I want to welcome you to tonight's show. Yeah, I do. Thank you for coming in. On the replay, even. You guys rock. Yeah, you do. So this is Andrew Peterson. And again, I'm playing this song because this is dark before the dawn, people. Yeah, it is. You're probably wondering why I laughed when I went on. I'll tell you about it in a minute. Right now, I'm going to go ahead and share this out wherever I'm at and request that you guys do the same if you don't mind. One of my favorite parts about this song is the Are you waiting for a change, people? I am. Babies and us are waiting for a change. So I'm waiting for the game. To come galloping out of the clouds while the angel armies sing. He's gonna gather his people in the shadow of his wings. And I'm gonna raise my voice with the song of the redeemed. I know it's me, don't worry. Here we are. If we, if we had like a, an engineer, they would be doing all this stuff. But I have to do this, okay? Just so you know. So I hope you don't mind. All right. So thank you for humoring me. So at the beginning of every show, <clears throat> Randall does a countdown with me. And I like to mess with him. He'll go five, four, and then I'll go three, to and he told me to shut up right before i went live <laughs> well, let me take your name out of there it would be fine if you were on time but i'm gonna four and you're like four three it is not on what the actual time is and there's like this delay and this echo and it's I, 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 I should just stop counting down and just surprise you when we go on. <laughs> yeah, like we always do. And oh. I'm, I'm looking up, I'm like, oh, hi, people. Hello. <laughs> All right, well, this is the benefit of being married for 20, almost 29 years, and knowing mm -hmm. the man, 31 years. I can totally pick on him yeah. as he does me. Yes. True. Yeah. 
I think we're cute. I think we're cute together. Yeah, I do. All right. Well, so last night we talked about the Equality Act and what that is all about. And tonight what we're going to do is I'm going to jump back into my series that I'm doing on the rise of witchcraft. It's already here. It's actually been here for quite some time for like since the Satan, you know, since Adam and Eve, really. Um, and uh, what I'm doing, just so you know, is I am using Billy Crone's series that he did uh, titled... What is it called? It's called Witchcraft and the Rise yeah, of it's Wicca. Yeah, called, it's called Witchcraft and the Rise of Wicca. And it's a 20-hour series. So I'm taking, I'm listening to it, and I'm taking parts of what he's, he's sharing. And we're going to see some of it tonight. Um, and, and this is interesting because um, I think, I think Christians, well, okay, not just Christians. I think everybody... Well, no, I can't say that either. Okay, I'll just say this. So so basically, there's two sides of the supernatural. So there's the dark side and there's the light side, right? Christians are on the light side, the Bible side, right? Um, everybody else is on the dark side. In my eye, I just got like something in it. Anyway, so the Bible is the guidebook to the supernatural. That's what my friend L.A. Marzulli calls it. And in the Bible itself, if you read it, you will see the battle between the devil and, and Jesus. I mean, you will. You'll see the angelic fights. You'll see uh, demons confronting Jesus. Uh, you'll, you'll see all of that um, in, in that. And so what we're going to do is we're going to start tonight in Mark chapter 9. Um, I think I had an eyelash in my eye. Isn't that annoying? That's so irritating. Anyway, so Mark chapter 9, this is what we're going to do is we're going to look at Mark chapter 9, and we're going to look at a couple of verses here just to start this, okay? So, let's open this up. I actually just recently read the whole gospel of Mark, and I was really struck by, um, by this very, by this very issue. So, we're going to look at verse 14. And I am going to do that right now. So let's pray because we can. Father, I just ask that right now as we read your word, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would give us wisdom. You would help us to take your word, to learn from it, to grow from it, uh, to be obedient to it, and to use it for your glory. And uh, I ask, Father, that you would touch those who hear this tonight, who watch the replay, um, and that you give them confidence as followers of you. In the name of Yeshua, I pray. Amen. All right. Okay. So Mark chapter 9, verse 14 um, begins. When they came back to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and some scribes arguing with them. Immediately when the entire crowd saw him referring to Jesus, they were amazed and began, they, they began running up to greet him. Can you just picture that? I could totally picture that. Uh, I, would, I would totally be in that crowd. I'd be like, and, and one of the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought you my son possessed with a spirit, which makes him mute. Okay. So there's a couple of things here. Number one, possessed. That's kind of a hint. It's a demon um, with a spirit. <laughs> 
and my eye is like completely blurry at the moment. That's was fine before then, before the show it was fine. Okay, so hopefully that will go away. Okay, so, <clears throat> okay, I'm just gonna blink a minute. Okay, so it says in verse 17, the one of the, and one of the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought you my son possessed with a spirit which makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it slams him to the ground and he foams at the mouth and he grinds his teeth and he stiffens out. I told your disciples to cast it out and they could not do it. Now, before I even go any further, one of the things I'm going to say here is I've heard people say, oh, this is just, uh, it was an epileptic seizure. That's what it was. And this wasn't really, this had nothing to do with the demon, blah, blah, whatever. Okay. But we know it's a demon because it says so. Verse 19, and he answered them and he said, oh, unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. And this is so key because when we talk about um, the supernatural and the topic of witchcraft in general, and even frankly, let's just say biblical Christianity, do you know that we live in an unbelieving generation today? <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, we live in an unbelieving generation, right? People don't believe absolute truths exist when they do. Uh, people will read the Bible and they'll go, oh, whatever. It's a book of fairy tales. It doesn't make any sense, you know. Uh, people, even who are Christians, will read the book and they'll just kind of set it aside, not really take what the Word of God says very seriously. And yet, I'm going to tell you, the Word of God has healed me. You know, God's Word, just, man, you, you, you cannot have anything better in life than God's Word. That's the truth. So, verse 20, they brought the boy to him, Jesus, when he saw him, immediately the spirit threw him into a convulsion and falling to the ground, he began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. And he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? So Jesus asked the guy's father, the kid, you know, and he said from childhood, it has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Now, can you imagine the desperation of that dad? So this has been happening since this kid was a little boy, right? Um, and, of course, one of my questions was, like, did this dad dabble in witchcraft somehow? Or, you know, what happened? How did this happen, right? Because these spirits don't just come into people. They're, they're invited in, um, in many, in probably most cases, but... But anyway, so the dad's desperate. Hey, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Um, and then it says here, when Jesus saw that a crowd was rapidly gathering, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you deaf and mute spirit, I command you, come out of him and do not enter him again. And crying out and throwing him into terrible convulsions, it came out and the boy came so much, became so much like a corpse that most of them said he is dead. But Jesus took him up by the hand and raised him up. And he said, and when he came into the house, his disciples began questioning him privately. Why could we not drive it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot come out by anything but prayer. So there, there are a few things here just right off top. 
I want to share and Randall wants to share. So Something let, real quick. Yes. For those of you folks who are trying to read along and you're listening to stage, you think she can't read. <laughs> She's not saying it right. She's saying words in different order. That's because the text on the screen didn't match the text that she was reading. I only had available the 90, NASB 95 and NASB 2020, and it wasn't either one of those. So I am guess she was reading from the 77. So we try, folks. Just so you know, it's <laughs> not her fault. It's not that you can't read. It's just we can't get our 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 additions together. I'm completely oblivious to to it in the first place. All so, right, back to you. So here's the thing. So, um, so here's here's a couple of things you need to know. Number one, demonic possession does exist. Okay, um, it exists. The demons they want to come in. Their job is to kill, steal, and destroy. Period. And what I find very fascinating, especially as a mental health, you know, a person with a mental health background, um, what I find really interesting is that often we'll see in the news uh, stories of people who commit suicide. They say that they, 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 they hear voices telling them to kill themselves. And often if you look at the news articles that you see this in, there is some type of witchcraft or occult activity in those people's lives in fact i read a story i think it was last week where it showed that and um you know and i'm not gonna i could go into this whole thing i was mental illness demon possession i think some is some isn't okay that that's the short version um but in this case what we what we know is that this demon was trying to kill this boy okay and it was upsetting to the father and clearly to the to the boy um and jesus came and he did this so should a christian worry should a christian okay let me just say this okay can a can a christian that's filled with the holy spirit be demon possessed the answer is no absolutely 100 percent. no 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 and absolute no okay in case you didn't know that. The answer is no. If you are a Christian, you don't ever have to worry about being demon-possessed. Why? Because you have the Holy Spirit residing within you, and the Bible says greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So, you don't have to worry about that. Now, can you be harassed by demons? Can they oppress you? Can they, you know, mess around with you? Sure they can. Especially if you're a target. And we know this because um, we have the book of Job, you know, which where we see the backstory where the devil had to go ahead and ask for the permission that he had to in order to do the things to Job that he needed to do in order to test Job and his faith. And that actually ties into God's sovereignty, right? So that's important to know. We, though, as followers of Christ, have the power of Jesus Christ. And in his name, all we have to do is do what Jesus did, and those demons will flee. Now, here's the thing. If you read through the book of Mark, the Gospel of Mark, and I highly encourage you to, it's a great book, um, you will see that Jesus rebuked the demons constantly through that book. It's just like one little interaction right after the other. The demons are like, oh, son of God, you know, ah, you know, they're, they're, they're basically saying, hey, they're, they're revealing who Jesus is. And at that time, Jesus was like, hey, I don't want you to tell anybody who I am, so shut up. <laughs> and then they do, right? Um, so that's one thing. 
But when it comes to, um, uh, I'm trying to find my note here. Yeah. So when it comes to people though, who are involved in the cult, one of the things that they don't realize is that, um, their occultic practices, they're trying to ward off evil with an evil practice. And so it's like a house divided against itself can't stand. So you have, you know, you cannot overcome evil with evil. Right. Uh, so in this um, um, clip from Billy Crone, and just let me know when you got ready, okay? Um, what this is, Billy actually, Pastor Billy, he actually talks about um, how uh, he's what he's going to share is how this 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 um, this witch is giving a testimony of how he was trying to curse a, a Christian and he ultimately couldn't. And I find this very interesting um, because, you know, we have throughout scripture. In fact, I, I want to read this first. Um, I'm trying, I, I took so many notes. Okay. Yeah. Let me pull this up. So if you look up Proverbs 26 verse two, um, check it out. We're going to look up Proverbs 26, verse 2. All right, I'm going to pull this up here. Check this out. <clears throat> so Proverbs 26, verse 2 says, Like a sparrow in its flitting, like a swallow in its flying, so a curse without cause does not alight. Um, so what that means is that, you know what, if a witch tries to curse you, good luck, because they're not going to be able to. Why? Because if you actually read other parts of the Bible where, uh, and I, I'm trying, I don't, I don't know the, the citation, so forgive me for that, but some of you will know, um, certain like Balaam, right? He was told, go and curse so-and-so, but what happened? God turned that curse into a blessing. So, um, God does not allow his children to be cursed. Um, and everywhere spells are mentioned in the Bible, um, like in Deuteronomy chapter 18, um, it's always described in a negative context. Uh, Micah 5.12, that's another verse here. We bring this up here really fast. Micah 5.12. We'll look at this together. It says here, I will cut off sorceries from your hand and you will have fortune tellers no more. So, and, and that, again, that's God just saying, you know what? Don't worry about it. We're going to, we're going to put, put an end to this. Um, the Bible condemns necromancy, which is contacting the dead. Um, you should not be doing that. Revelation chapter 18 also talks about this and Two of my favorite passages in, in the whole word of God, Romans chapter 8. Uh, if you actually look near the end of that chapter, it says, Nothing can separate us from the love of God, neither death nor life, angels or principalities. Okay, so angels or demons, nothing can separate us from the love of God. So if a demon tries to come in, tries to separate you, good luck with that. He can't do it. And then in 1 John 4, 4, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And then we're also told that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So if you have a spirit coming after you that, and you're fearful, 
and you're going crazy in your head, your mind isn't sound, then good, um, good indicator that that's, that's demonic. Okay, so in this clip from Billy Crone, what we're going to hear is we're going to hear uh, Billy describe the testimony of uh, some witches and their experience and what happened um, when they tried to curse a Christian. There, go ahead and play that now. Okay. Uh, without uh, uh, having to confront God. Watch this. And this is a, a guy who was into witchcraft. This is his testimony. He said, it was all witches and warlocks. We lived on witchcraft. We had uh, direct contact with the devil himself. When I was younger, about eight or nine years old, I would see my father go into his room to worship the devil. And I could feel the presence of the devil come into that room. And my father would worship, listen, and speak in tongues, demonic tongues. That's another interesting thing. We just finished 42 weeks on the charismatic chaos. Guess who also speaks, also notice it wasn't biblical languages, which is Acts 2, the biblical example of when that gift was in existence. It was gibberish. So the occult does gibberish, and we've talked about that before. But he says that we uh, uh, spoke in tongues, demonic tongues, worship and put flowers out and candle and water out. Remember we saw last time water reflective mirrors and things. Uh, from seven o'clock to five in the morning. He said, I was going to basically demonic church. I was going to witchcraft church. He said, I was being trained to be a warlock. I was being trained by witches that had been in that religion for 30 to 40 to 50 years. I was being trained to speak to principalities, to spirits uh, in the ground. Uh, you could, you, and you couldn't ever speak to the devil right away. You had to earn your right, he said, to speak to the devil. He said, the first mass killing that these people did in my neighborhood, he says, the husband had stabbed his wife 52 times and cut her ears off. And my brothers and I were there hanging out with her daughter. And... Uh, and when she found her mother uh, cut up to pieces. He said, at the age of 13, I was astral projecting my body. I would leave my body at home to go and curse the neighborhood. Again, we're on the issue of cursing. Is that something we need to be concerned about? He said, I, I, I go out there to, and, and astral project my body and I put out there in the neighborhood the spirit of prostitution, the spirit of drugs in the neighborhood, homosexuality here, the spirits that... Now notice what he just said there. That uh, homosexuality. This is crazy stuff, man. So spirits of demons here, spirits of murder there, suicide, spirits of suicide, thoughts of that. He said, I knew how to channel all the spirits in the neighborhood. And at the age of 15 and 16, I would go into hospitals and put the spirit of death in the ICU in all the rooms. I wanted them to die, quote, because I wanted to be the biggest witch in New York City. And he says, if I told you I was gonna kill you in 30 days, you better prepare yourself to die. He said, I don't care who you are. I don't care who you know. I don't care what religion. He's, he said, I don't even care if you were a Catholic, right? Well, as we saw before in our Roman Catholicism study, uh, they don't believe the same thing that the Bible teaches, unfortunately, that uh, it's only through Jesus and his work alone. Uh, they teach that you have to keep the sacraments in order to earn favor with God, and that's not what the Bible says. He said, he said you better be prepared. I was gonna kill you. He said, I was involved in a conversation where a lady came to me, and she said she uh, wanted me to kill another lady for $10,000. He says, I'll do it for seven. He says, in fact, I won't even have to leave my house. And she said, oh, by the way, this lady's a Christian. He said, I'll kill her for free. He said, I don't need the money. I'll kill her for free. I'm gonna teach these Christians a lesson. I don't want your money. I'm gonna kill her for free. He said, I did the voodoo thing. I did the witchcraft thing and 21 days went by and she didn't die. A month went by. She still didn't die. 
I was like, wow, what's going on? My reputation's on the line. I, I called the demons up and I increased the witchcraft. I doubled the witchcraft and, and so that she would die overnight, but nothing was going on, nothing at all. And so I was home at night and the devil showed up, he says, and the presence of the devil comes in the room. Listen to this. He said, the devil told me that we, quote, have to abort the plan for the lady you want to kill. And he said, I said, but I'm a witch, I'm a warlock. If, if I don't kill the lady, they won't think I have any powers. And he, he told me, you don't understand, quote, the God that she believes in says to leave her alone. Now, what's that basically? 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. I don't need to walk around. Do you think that girl had any idea that an actual witch, a warlock was trying to not just curse her, but kill her through witchcraft? Probably completely oblivious. But God saw it. And who had her back? Who took care of her? God. That's why I don't have to worry about this stuff, right? Yep. Okay. And that's the good news about being a Christian. Okay. So I don't need to worry about that protection. Okay. You do it God's way. Even if there's curses. So I think that's powerful personally. Um, and, you know, I can tell you this week, uh, I was talking to a friend of ours that watches the show. And uh, she was telling me that she knows three witches herself. <laughs> I know a couple. They came to my networking group. Um, and, and I'm not worried. <laughs> because greater is he who's in me than he who is in the world. And, um, you know, and it's interesting, too, because Billy Crown himself, the guy who just saw, uh, the guy who just saw um, teaching, um, he himself came out of that background. And he... He said he was demon-possessed at one point. So it's neat to see that. And he said he was suicidal, tried to kill himself and various things like that and praised God that he didn't um, and all that. So here, here is another uh, interesting thing about this. Uh, and this actually came up this week in one of my groups that I'm in. Um, have you ever had somebody give you a good luck charm? You know, we all know about the rabbit's foot, right? That's that's a good luck charm that that um, was popularized, um, or an amulet. Uh, and technically, the an amulet is something. Uh, it's actually defined this way as a small object worn to ward off evil, harm, or illness, or to bring good fortune. It, it's it's a protecting charm, right? This is something um, that that's actually um, pretty popular and then one of my friends this week actually said a friend of hers came to her house and and gave her a good luck charm this week and she actually asked me to talk about this and just so you know if you're watching this just happened to come up in this lesson so you just lucked out that we're talking about it now because I told you <laughs> I told you hey we'll get to that because because of that so we got amulets um, good luck charms and talismans and and so one of the most popular amulets it's actually called a Nazar amulet and what this does is it wards off the evil eye. Um, and, and this is interesting. So uh, how many of you have ever had somebody say, oh, I'm going to give you the evil eye. Yeah, I am. You know, <clears throat> well, actually, in witchcraft, um, well, it's actually, it's, it's actually a superstitious belief. Um, and basically, the evil eye is a person who puts a curse on you with the evil eye. It's a way of putting an actual curse on you, you know. So, you know, let's say parents, you know, who kind of mess with their kids. Ooh, you know, you give them the look. 
that's not what we're talking about. We're actually talking about how this was actually a thing within witchcraft that they literally really believed that they could literally give you the evil eye. So these amulets were created. Uh, they're all over the world. You can see them in the Jewish culture. You can see them everywhere. Um, and what they look like is they almost look like a um, a brooch, and they they look like a they look like um, like an eye. And typically they're blue because blue is the color um, that most that has the most power to ward off the evil. Um, and the reason that is, and we actually didn't talk about this, but but mirrors, okay, mirrors. Have you ever? Uh, I don't feel like I'm all over the map here, but mirrors in the occult are very, very popular. Mirrors, water, looking into clear water, anything that you can get a reflection on. Uh, the evil spirits use these mirror, mirror reflections to reflect back on you um, the evil that they want to put. So also mirrors are also considered a doorway into the spiritual world um which is also kind of creepy <laughs> and yet we see this we actually see this in disney movies and stuff like that yes randall is the like the evil eye is that like the all-seeing eye no no okay just curious no. but the um the next clip that i'm gonna have you bring up here um actually talks about that it talks about the evil eye um and it's a couple of minutes and the, the lady talking about this um, she, well, she'll explain it. So that's why I'm having, having Billy, uh, share the clip. So it Billy actually shares this clip in his, his, uh, his series. And it didn't say who the lady is. Otherwise I would tell you. Hmm. So are you going up to the 28 minute mark, give or take? Yeah. I was just wondering why I couldn't do the, um, title overlay and the, mm video at the same time but hmm. i think i have that solved okay you saw those blackouts earlier probably but I anyway. did. all right well let's see if it we can get to not do that this time okay here we go uh, but notice down there, there's the eyeball down there. Does it protect you from the evil eye? The there evil eye, right, right? Now, believe it or not, the evil eye, this, this particular one, the Nazar, this is a very popular amulet still today in much of the Arabic countries. And we're going to take a journey around the world tonight with these amulets, and uh, they're unfortunate things. But the evil eye, okay? Uh, the evil eye basically is one of the biggest still ongoing superstitious beliefs of, of uh, a, a, a cult entity person putting a curse on you with the evil eye uh, it is still huge around the world okay but let's take a look at what is the evil eye and how people are trying to deal with this let's take a look we know what it means to give someone the evil eye but a lot of cultures for a long time all over the world this is one of the most ubiquitous types of superstitions among all different types of religions and all different types of people is that the evil eye can cause actual harm and the evil eye was said to happen in ancient Greek and Roman times when somebody got to be they got too much praise too many accolades 
more than they really deserved. And if you were getting more attention and more credit than you deserved, that you were in danger of being stricken down by the evil eye of the gods. And what this would look like would be madness or disease or some sort of ill will bestowed upon you. And almost everything that was unexplained, any kind of illness that, that they couldn't explain, was explained by the evil eye. It was greatly feared. It wasn't just the gods that could strike you with an evil eye. It was also believed that other people could strike you down with an evil eye, and women were known to have a more powerful evil eye than men. I can tell you my mother had one. And But also animals, certain animals like snakes. There were animals that could also give you the evil eye. So how did you ward off against it? The way to do that was to wear evil eye jewelry. And these were in the shape of an eye, or they could be blue concentric circles. Those are especially popular in Greece. Blue is supposed to be the best color to ward off the evil eye. The idea is if you wear jewelry that has the evil eye, if somebody gives you the evil eye, it will be reflected back to them and you will be guarded. So you will find evil eye jewelry all over the world in antique jewelry, in estate jewelry, and jewelry being made today. It is one of the most popular things to find in jewelry. And it's still out there too. Yeah, so, so, th so isn't that interesting? Okay, now, I don't know about you guys, but... Um, I actually kind of, I kind of find that interesting because a lot of what we take for granted and, and the lingo that we use in our language, right? I mean, we have this, uh, um, you know, we have, um, so much cultural language, just like the Bible is used in culture. And a lot of people who are clueless about what the Bible says, you know, all these, these things in the Bible that we, we, they're sayings from the Bible we use. We have all this other stuff from Wicca and witchcraft and the new age, um, and all that. And the evil eye, that's a big part of it. So now, you know, uh, now, you know, a couple of things. So this is a kind of a little short lesson. Number one, you know, that if you're a Christian, you don't have to worry about some witch casting a spell on you. It's not going to happen because greater is he who's in you than he who is in the world. Uh, number two, you do know that the use of good luck charms are pointless because um, in the cult, they're basically trying to ward off evil with evil, right? And the, the witches and the warlocks who are higher up and they're really heavily involved in this, they know that Jesus is the Lord and they know that they can't do anything because Jesus has the authority over them. Um, and so, you know, we would need to, you know, pray for those friends of yours that are involved in that stuff um, and uh, and be aware of it. OK, so now I want to share with you an article that I just pulled up um, and it is this interesting article from modern Ga Ghana and uh, it's titled here. Uh, witchcraft cannot be exercised any pasture. Challenge me. Osofo Ogoyayam, or however you say this guy's name. Um, I guess you can't see his picture in there. But, um, but it says here, the founder and leader of the Hands of God Power Ministry International, Emmanuel, a.k.a. Ogyam, one, has explained why witchcraft cannot be exercised. I'm actually reading this because I completely disagree with it based on what I just told you. He noted that, quote, witchcraft spirit is part of the person's spirit, so it can never be exercised. 
from the person who has witchcraft, but you can only prevent one from using the witchcraft to destroy others or to cause havoc, unquote. Explaining further, he said any good spiritualist can investigate about the witch or wizard and know what to apply to render the witchcraft impotent or powerless. I can only spiritually delete the memory of the witch or wizard. It is like formatting a pen drive or a computer. When the formatting is done, everything is erased from the machine and new things are put on. This leaves the person who has the witchcraft who has the witchcraft, no traces of past actions, and additionally with the application of the antidote that suppresses their power, the witch or wizard is rendered impotent or powerless, he, in, he intimated. When asked how come most pastors claim to have exercised witchcraft from someone, this guy said, it is a plain lie for any pastor to make such claims. Witchcraft cannot be exercised from anyone, but but one can only reduce the potency of witchcraft. Any pastor who thinks otherwise can come and challenge me. <laughs> anyway, uh, according to him, being a witch or wizard is like being a king or a queen. The way the process of distooling a king is difficult, the same way to exercise witchcraft is very difficult. He advises people to be careful and not be deceived by anyone who claims to have exercised witchcraft or witchcraft is exercisable. Um... Yeah, so, you know, and I, I saw this, and I, I'm like, okay, this is in Ghana. You know, we know that in Ghana and, and other, you know, African countries, witchcraft is very popular. I mean, they do witch dances. They have, I mean, this is alive and well on planet Earth, right? Just like, I think it was Hal Lindsey years ago wrote a book called Satan is Alive and Well on Planet Earth. He is. I personally don't think that guy's a believer, because if he was, the name of Jesus has the power over the witchcraft, as we know. Randall? Yeah, it's funny that he says it's it's impossible. Then he goes, it's like, you know, dethroning the king or queen. It's very difficult. Well, is it impossible? Is it very difficult? Right. It's, uh, it can't be both. Very difficult, perhaps, but not impossible. Yeah. Right. So, all right. So, I wanted to bring that up. and um, And also... Interestingly, too, in the clip that we just watched, did you know that homosexuality was brought up there? Hmm, did you? Interesting. Okay, so yesterday we talked about the Equality Act. And, Randall, I gave you the USA um, article. Do you still have that? The, the NBC? Yeah, the one that has a video in there of the of the two women that, that are dealing, do, they're dealing with the the signs oh because there's a video in there um the, the one i was showing you on twitter earlier. i know but i don't know okay hold on let me see if i can find it i'll tell you which one it was unless it's in the nbc article yeah that's it yep it's that one right there. So there's a video on the page. Okay. So what it is is that there's, there's these two, as you're bringing that up, just bring that up. So there's these two representatives who are kind of dueling in the hallway of their office. Okay. Did the C-SPAN video or the... That one right there. Okay. Yeah. And um, anyway, one came out and put up a transgender flag next to the American flag, right outside her office. And then uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, actually 
put up a sign that said man or woman trust the science or something like that yeah um so we're going to show that to you as soon as randall gets it brought up but the reason i bring this up is not only again are we seeing these dueling worldviews in our culture but the website snopes s-n-o-p-e-s snopes which is a satire website run by liberals okay and they are people that lean extreme left and they are part of the face they're like facebook they only let the left side stuff go up there they actually posted this article today and i'm going to read the title it says here is marjorie taylor green pushing an anti-witchcraft law a routine review of content labeled satire okay so this is a satire website mocking the lady that believes in man and women okay and this is what it says claim u.s rep uh, marjorie taylor green is pushing an anti-witchcraft bill that would create a department of anti-witchcraft um, and of course this is satire so we know that they're mocking her here um, it says here, Representative uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is promoting a bill that if signed into law will create the Department of Anti-Witchcraft, also known as DAW, D-A-W. The handbook of the DAW will be the gold standard of anti-witchery, the 1490 classic Malleus Malfericarum. Well, anyway, it's, it's translated the Hammer of Witches. Uh, and then it says here, this item was not a factual recounting of real life events. The article was written for the blog Laughing in Disbelief by Andrew Hall, who describes its content as being humorous or satire, satir, 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 satirical. satirical in nature as follows. Hey, English is my first language, but I do have a learning disability, people, so... Just be nice to me. Okay. Anyway, it says here, hello, my name is Andrew Hall, and I'm the author of Laughing in Disbelief. Before getting to business, I just want to thank you for taking some time and reading one of my posts. I appreciate it. You probably clicked the link to... Okay, I don't know what this... Okay, anyway. Anyway, all I have to say, they're mocking the one who believes in man and woman. Okay, let's see if we can see this video. I don't know. It'll probably be a commercial first, but... Um... <laughs> It will make sense once you see this video why they're picking on the lady. It's been a long time coming, but it still has an uncertain road ahead. The House of Representatives passed the Equality Act, giving equal protections for LGBTQ Americans. So what's in the bill? It modified the landmark Civil Rights Act of 1964, expanding it to ban discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. The Supreme Court last year enshrined some protections based on sex in Bostock versus Clayton, but the Equality Act goes further. It means that a person can't be fired from a job because of their sexual orientation, can't be denied service at a hair salon because they are transgender, nor can a same-sex couple be skipped over for an apartment lease because of their relationship. Representative David Cicilline, a Rhode Island Democrat and one of a few openly gay House members, says this legislation is long overdue. The fight for civil rights and equality has 
been a long struggle for many communities in our country, and we've made progress each generation. And we knew even with the Republican-controlled Congress uh, who opposed the Equality Act that we had to lay the groundwork and begin to really move public opinion as part of our strategy. And the good news is recent polling shows 83% of Americans support non-discrimination protections for the LGBTQ community. A majority of voters in every single state support the same. So we've made real progress. Frankly, it's time for Congress to catch up uh, to the country on this issue. But we knew that this was an important part of our work. So why is this controversial? Well, not all lawmakers are on board. Opponents say that this violates religious freedom and gives transgender athletes the upper hand in women's sports. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy is one of most Republicans who oppose. Very clear. I mean, if you look at uh, Biden's appointments to um, cabinet members, suing nuns and others, this is really seems like an onslaught against uh, freedom of religion. Um, for girls' sports as well and others. And now the Democrats have even taken it further. The political difference played out in the halls of Congress, literally. Watch this. When Democratic Representative Marie Newman, whose child is transgender, put up a transgender flag outside her door, Republican Marjorie Taylor Greene put up her own sign. There are only two genders, it says. So how likely is this to become law? The House passed the measure once before in the last Congress. But it didn't go anywhere in the Republican-controlled Senate and with a Republican president who rolled back rights for LGBTQ Americans. President Joe Biden is supportive and willing to sign the Equality Act into law, but it's not guaranteed it reaches his desk. In the Senate, if all Democrats support, they still need 10 Republicans. And as of now, none have signed on. Did you see that? Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're, we're, yeah, as we were just <laughs> as we were discussing earlier, you know the. Just like. You know the progressives, know. let's say, will scream all day long about yeah. science, science, science. This intelligent design, the creationism, science is our god. You know, science, if it's, you know, if it can't be scientifically, right. you know, and then gender identity, there's, there's, you can't find that anywhere, any physical evidence for that. It's all, it's a philosophy. It's, 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 uh, it's a, um, I shouldn't see. It's, it's a, it's an hypothesis. It's a. You know, it's nothing scientifically verifiable. So where where are the science, you know, uh, advocates when it comes to gender, when it comes to X and Y chromosomes and DNA? And, you know, when they, at the beginning of that video, when they're talking about it changes the Civil Rights Act of 1964, we saw there Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. there, uh, with LBJ and other people, and Stephen Stanley thought, how many of them are gay? Can you tell? How many of them are transgender? Can you tell? However, how many of them were black? How many of them were white? <laughs> I mean, that's 
that's clear. Any kind of discrimination based upon, you know, ethnicity, um, um, economics is unjust. Um, you know, scientifically established, obvious, obvious traits. As we were reading in the Equality Act of 2021, it's like discrimination based on uh, what gender identity or or sexual orientation, actual or perceived. I'm trying to remember the language, but it was like it was like nail, nailing Jello to a wall. It was like. Mm-hmm. Like chasing its own tail, actual perceived correct or not, and, and it's like, so if somebody thinks that someone is that isn't that thought they would be if that, like what? Wait a second, what? And um, you know, this is this is where we are, and that's it's it's frightening, and unless I come off as gay bashing or anything like that. I mean, I don't, uh, hey, whatever your, you know, your sexual practice is between you and God, if you name, if you call yourself a brother or sister in Christ, then you better, you know, line up with holy matrimony. God created the male and female in his image, he created he them, and what God has joined together, let not man separate you know, the man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh, etc. Um, that's the only biblical, you know, and anyway, if, if you're outside, if you don't call yourself a believer, then it's between you and God, and I'm not going to change that. I mean, you can do whatever you want. Uh, where I take issue is saying now I and everybody else has to not only buy into it but celebrate it and and accept it as you know immutable fact and that I have a problem with. Anyway, back to you. He's so stinking good looking. Yeah, he is. Anyway, anyway, <clears throat> anyway. Um, so this book here. This happens to be my Spurgeon Study Bible. This is the version I'm reading this year just for fun. Um, I'll read you something out of it. It says here in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says, So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. Yeah, he did. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. Yep, and anyway, I think you get the point here. (laughs) This book is heavy, but aside from it being heavy, the contents of this book will change your life if you read it. <laughs> you know, I um I shared my testimony not too long with with some people, and uh, one of my friends said to me, "You've been an evangelist since day one, haven't you?" I'm like, "Yeah, I have." Look, look, you know, when I read the Bible, I'm I forget this thing is thousands of years old, right? The first part was written like over five thousand years ago. 
I mean, I totally forget that. This is human history, right? When you understand the history of the scripture, right? This thing was written on three different continents over a period of about 1,200 years. Some, some people say 1,500. It depends. In three different languages, at a minimum, by over 40 different authors. And yet, for some strange unknown reason, miraculously, it ties itself all together. I mean... You cannot show me any other book that just does that. You can't. Then when you look at the prophecies in this book about Jesus in the Old Testament and how they were fulfilled in the New Testament, how the Old Testament is revealed in the New Testament and the New Testament is concealed in the Old Testament, you cannot, you, you cannot find any other writing like this in the whole world. So... The thing is, is you, you should read your Bible every day, okay? And, and I would recommend you hug your Bible as well and treat it with lots of respect because it's God's word to mankind and it lays out our past, present, and our future. It tells you who you are, why you were created, and it gives you a purpose in life, right? Most importantly, though, it tells you about God, which is Jesus, by the way, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and it it does it does all this stuff. I'm gonna I'll share. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this because nobody can stop me. So and we only got about eight minutes left. So I just want to share this. So um so Pam Gillespie is doing this Bible study on Psalm 119. Now this is funny to me because I don't even know how many years ago it had to be. Well probably close to 30 years ago. Um, I remember one afternoon I was having a really hard day and I decided to open up my Bible and I opened up to Psalm 119. And if you don't know, Psalm 119, I think has 176 verses in it and it's the longest chapter in the Bible. And I remember sitting down and I was reading Psalm 119 and I, I, when I first started reading it, I was feeling eh, like depressed or whatever, right? But the more I read it, the more I felt alive in my spirit. And, and I remember thinking after I, I finished it, I love this psalm. This is like one of my favorite psalms in the whole entire world. And I remember making a point about 30 years ago that whenever I felt dry spiritually, whenever I felt like I didn't have a hunger to read God's word, that I would go to Psalm 119 and I would read it. And inevitably, whenever I did that, poof, it was like a miracle happened. I would read Psalm 119 and all of a sudden I would have this love for God's word again come up in my heart and, and I just felt this passion for the word of God because Psalm 119 is all about God's word and loving it and how the psalmist loves it. And, and you know, it's, it's his, his thing. You know, it starts out, blessed is he whose way is blameless, who walks in the way of the Lord. And, you know, if you think about what it says, you're blessed. And so a couple of days ago, um, Pam is doing this study. She had us all come into a Zoom meeting 
with the sole intent to read Psalm 119 together. Now, I know that sounds nuts to a lot of people. Hey, why would you want to get on a Zoom meeting and read a psalm together? But I have to tell you, you know, some of you might not know, but my dad just died about a month ago, ten day, month, a month and 10 days ago. January 17th, he died. You can go back and watch an archive of me crying about it and sharing all that happened. That was a really emotional day for me. <laughs> it's just so you know. And, um, uh, but God's spirit came into the room. I was the only one in the room, me and Mr., my dog, and my dad. And the Holy Spirit or angels or whatever, I don't even know. I can't even, I, I don't know. I'm not even going to pretend to know. But I believe it was the Holy Spirit fell on me and gave me peace. And as I'm talking to my dad, he breathes his last and I felt this immense peace and I quoted to him from the word of God and I said, well done, dad, well done, a good and faithful servant, you know, as he literally breathed his last. I had such a peace because I know my dad went home to be with the Lord. He's with the Lord and I have that comfort that he's with Jesus right? My dad wasn't perfect. He lived a kind of scoundrelly life in his younger years, but he became a Christian in his mid-60s, and he lived to 92. So he lived a, a good faith walk, you know, and he had, quote, religion prior to that. Um, but, you know, I have my dad's Bible now, and when I was looking through it, he wasn't a marker or anything, but I, I know that my dad read the Word of God. And so... You know, when you're dealing with grief, where do you go for comfort, right? I go to God's word. I go to the word of God. And so the other night we were reading Psalm 119 and I'm sitting there and I just have to tell you, and, and I'm just sharing from my heart because that's what I do, but I'm, I'm sitting there with 20 people about and we're all just reading through the stanzas in this psalm and I had had a hard day emotionally. But when I got in there and I started hearing the word of God and the various people, the dialects, the, the, the different tones of voice, male and female, the, you know, some, some more soft-spoken, some more like, you know, bolder, you know, and, and different accents and stuff. As I'm reading that, all of a sudden I felt this joy and I felt this tremendous peace come over my heart and I literally cannot wipe the smile off my face because it's God's word and that is what brings comfort and healing and hope and love and growth and confidence to a person you know I walked into yesterday I got my hair cut and I'm sitting there in the chair and this is somebody new who never cut my hair and um <clears throat> and this woman who is a believer she says to me she goes you're a confident woman I go what makes you say that she goes oh I saw the way that you walked in here you like own the room <laughs> and I said you know what I am confident but it's not because I'm I think I'm so great I'm confident because I know who I am and I've gone through the work and I know who Christ is in my life people who dabble in witchcraft they're looking for that. They're looking for power in all the wrong places. It's our job as followers of Christ to point them back to the word of God, 
to challenge them and say, you know what? Hey, maybe you want to read the word of God and actually look at what it says. Do it in a loving way, but do it because greater is he who's in you than he who is in the world. And you know what? Let me just say, if you're feeling down, God's word will pick you up. You know, if you're feeling lost and depressed and sad and lonely, guess what? Jesus is here with you. Just open the book and read it. If you don't want to read because you don't want to read, get an audio Bible and listen to it. It will change you because that's what God does. And that's the best thing about being a believer is not only are your sins forgiven when you ask God to forgive you, but, you know, that weight and that guilt that you, that we all have because we know we're, we're rotten, horrible people, <laughs> Jesus takes that away. I mean, he totally takes it away. And then you don't even have to deal with it. You'll no longer have a guilty conscience. You won't feel ashamed. You, you will feel all the good stuff. You know, it doesn't mean you're not ever going to have a sad day or feel sad when things are sad, but you're not alone and you don't want to kill yourself and you don't go to alcohol. You don't, you know, you don't do drugs. You, you trust Jesus with who you are and he comes in and he heals you. And, you know, that is why I do this show because I know that there's somebody out there who needs you, who needs Jesus. And if that's you, I want to challenge you to find yourself a Bible and go read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then seek him seriously, and you will find him, and your life will be changed. Okay. Just so you know. All right, so with that said... Um, thank you for tuning in. Please share this out with other people if you don't mind. And um, as I always say, be bold, stand up, and go with God. Because he really does love you. And nothing is ever going to change that. Okay. Let's see.